strength. Amen. Let's continue to praise him. Heather said, we got to sing this song. And she made me sing it. Like she always does. But I still love her. But you know, when you do, it's it's the truth. You got that spirit of heaviness on you. Give it up. You know, and I know there's people in here that have lost kids. That's hard stuff. Hard stuff. 
And you know, when you think you're going through something bad, there's people out there going through something worse. And if your joy that you can muster up within you to give God praise, think how that's going to minister to the people around you that you don't even know what they're going through. So be mindful where you're going and what you're doing. Because in the end, God is always faithful. My mom always said that. God is faithful through everything. Everything in his goodness is here. And it's here for you to receive if you need it, if you want it. Let's continue to praise him this morning.
Psalm 25, 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right, and he teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and they're faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. And that's who we serve today, a God who is good in his very core, his very being. He is as it should be. And uh, we give him praise. Aren't you glad you get to worship him today? And it's so much more fun to do it in a song, to sing it, you know? It's something to say it. It's a whole other thing to sing it. And uh, we want to welcome you to Praise the Somebody Day. So good to see each of you here today. Hope you've had a good week. And if you haven't, at least you're starting this week off right. And, uh, but hey, we want to take some time and greet each other. For those that have asked, though, just to give you a heads up, um, a little bit later in the service, we are going to be receiving an offering for uh, those that have been affected uh, through Hurricane Ian. Just to give you a heads up and let you know, there will be a second offering for that, just to let you know. But right now, let's take some time and just encourage each other and greet each other. God bless you guys. Pretty cool to know that you and I are the hope of the world because of who lives inside of us. That's pretty awesome. Glad you got to greet each other this morning and I uh, hope you, you felt encouraged. Maybe somebody told you that you were better looking than they remembered you or <laughs> taller. I don't know, but hopefully it was a good time for you. Uh, before we receive this morning's offering, I want to, for those that are our guests today, first of all, we want to say thank you for being here. And uh, as I've said before, some here, um, you've never been new in a church almost your whole life. And to, to show up somewhere new takes great courage. And uh, we, uh, we're just grateful for you to be in here. If you could do us a favor and fill out um, our Connect card and return it to the, uh, fill that out, return it to the Welcome Center um, out in our lobby, then we can thank you. And we've got a gift for you. That would be a tremendous help to us. And if you could do that, you could do it now and just bring it when... Uh, when service is dismissed in a bit, uh, that would be great. Uh, again, a huge help to us. We're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the privilege to give. Thank you for the privilege to worship you in such a practical, tangible way. Would you bless this offering in a powerful way? Let it uh, accomplish the work of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Filled with His glory 
filled with his glory. Hey, we have um, a few announcements to make. And again, in just a, a few moments, we're going to receive a second offering. But uh, we got some announcements here we want to make sure that we make you aware of. Uh, could you put up that, that, uh, that photo, if you would? Uh, Evelyn Morgan, who uh, has been a faithful member of Praise, Praise Assembly for a long time, she is turning 100 on October 11th. And so we want to be able to remember her. If you, uh, her address is there. If you want to pop her a card. Maybe you're a card, you don't even know her, but you're like a card person. Just send her a card. You know how great it is to get actual mail. And if you could do that, that would be wonderful. She's, again, going to be 100 on the 11th. And we have different things happening. We have our Girls Ministries annual harvest dinner. If you've ever, if you've ever been to that, you've got to show up. It's delicious. It's a fun time. Check that out and make sure you pre-order and prepay by October the 26th. Uh, also, the study we're doing Wednesday nights is how not to read the Bible. And uh, so uh, it has been a good time. Uh, Pastor Brandon has been leading us so far, and I am tasked with the next two weeks. And we're going to be talking about some fun things in the Bible. So uh, make sure you show up for that on Wednesday nights. Um, also, Divorce Care meets in room 107. What a powerful ministry, important ministry. Uh, if you know somebody that has had, the, uh, had the, the, the devastating effect of walking through a divorce, please let them know about this that's going on. We have stuff going on at Young, young Adults. We have Women of Praise Breakfast on October 8th at 9 a.m. And the 15th, we have the Men's Honor Brown Breakfast. So we've got all kinds of opportunities. Our youth ministry is leaving Saturday. We're doing our youth convention, which is Saturday to Monday. And so be praying for us the 8th through the 10th. We're going to be gone up in, up in the Poconos at Kalahari Resorts. It, it, don't worry. It's not that restful like you're thinking. You know, they're going to the resort. Yeah, it, it's going to be uh, an awesome time. The, the students are going to have a blast. God's going to meet us. It is going to be great. And uh, for those that Backed by popular demand, the Speed the Light Sub-Day celebration is going to be November 6th, but we'll start taking orders in October, and so make sure you are aware of that. Um, and, and just one more announcement, I have to, have to make it. You know, Pastor Brandon is going to be 50 this week. He's going to be 50 this week. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Sing it out. 
happy birthday to you. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Yes, he's going to be 50 this week. He's going to be a quinquagenarian is what it's called. Quinquagenarian is the correct term for somebody between 50 and 59. So he joins that club, and uh, we just want to celebrate with him. Um, but um, again, as I had mentioned earlier, several of you had, had, had wondered if we're going to have the opportunity to be able to, to help uh, folks that have gone through uh, Hurricane Ian. And don't forget, many, most people left, but when they come back, Convoy of Hope is actually there as they're trying to clean up, as they're trying to uh, get adjusters out there, as they're trying to, to, to repair, fix things, or salvage things. Um, they're in just a, literally a state of devastation, a state of shock in their life. And Convoy of Hope is there uh, partnering, this is their key, partnering with local, local churches, bringing hope, bringing practical uh, needs that they have, and the gospel to people. So let's check out this video. And at the conclusion of this video, our ushers are going to come, and they're going to receive uh, the offering and follow the offering Pastor Brandon's going to give us uh, this morning's message. Convoy of Hope is here in Fort Myers, Florida, ground zero for Hurricane Ian. All over is devastation. Houses underwater, trees and power lines down everywhere. Many lives are forever changed. At a time of hopelessness for so many here, Convoy of Hope is providing the hope survivors are looking for. Our disaster services team is delivering essential supplies people need and will need for weeks to come. Thank you for your support that allows Convoy of Hope to make such a difference here at a time that is so tragic for so many. You can join our response at convoy.org slash Ian. Hey, if you didn't, uh, if you weren't prepared, obviously this morning, you can go online. There will, there will be a Convoy of Hope uh, button on, online that you can give there as well. Um, thank you. Yes, I am turning 50. That's in my notes to share this morning. Think about that. Evelyn's 100 and I'm 50. My goodness, that's, that's something. I hope I make it to 100. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Um, so it's good to be with you this morning. I was saying, man, Joy, when you started saying all that stuff, you're taking my sermon. I was like, cut it off, cut it off now. But it's, that, that only lets me know that uh, what the Lord's laid on my heart, which is heavy in a way, but doesn't have to be. And, and you'll see what I mean in a minute. Um, but I wanted to share with you uh, just a few situations. One is a, a friend of mine that I've known probably for 35 years. I'm, I'm old enough to say I have a friend that I've had for 35 years um, that I used to work with in, in North Carolina. And over the years, because of Facebook, just being able to see his family grow, my family grow, and every once in a while, I, I, certainly when I was living there, I was probably, um, I was just, I was finishing up high school. I grew up in a pastor's home. I wasn't really serving the Lord per se. I mean, I obviously knew what was right, and, uh, but I was one to gravitate. Whatever situation I was in, I just gravitated to that situation, and I, I I kind of let that dictate how I acted. And I worked in this place. I wasn't an awful person, but I just, you know, I, I had my way. But me and this guy, his name was Dave, we just had music in common. Uh, and, and all these years later, oddly enough, he started playing bass. And I was like, all these years, you loved music. We talked music. 
He knew that I played, but he never played himself. Again, so over the years, different situations would come up and I would see him post something on Facebook, obviously that he, he's going through something, so I would private message him. And that's, that's different, you know. That wasn't the old me that he would have remembered, somebody encouraging him and praying for him and, and letting him know that. And recently I saw him post, uh, it was kind of a group picture of him and some friends. I knew some of his friends. They weren't really my friends, they were his friends. They were shady characters, a lot of them. And uh, a lot of times I was the designated driver, you know, and I would go and do things with them, but I was the designated driver. And so he has this picture of all of these friends and him and all of these comments, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I'm looking at these people thinking, well, obviously somebody passed away and I'm not aware. So I wrote him on private message and just said, you know, it looks like you lost somebody close to you. I'm sorry to hear about that. And his response through messenger was, I almost didn't think it was him. I was like, maybe somebody hacked my account and they're responding to what I just wrote. And he said, this is a tough one. He said, I actually think I need to hear your voice on this one. I haven't talked to this guy in like 20 years on the phone. And uh, he said, I'm really struggling with this and I would like you to pray for my friend. And I understand that he's coming from, you know, maybe a Catholic background or whatever. I said, absolutely. I gave him my phone number, and then I never heard from him. And days went by, and I'm seeing postings of a viewing and an obituary and all of these things. It turns out that it was a friend of his, just a little at 53 years old. I don't know how he died. I still haven't gotten the full story because he's not responded to me. And I was hoping, knowing this, this sermon a little bit and knowing I would throw this in there, I was hoping to have this kind of conclusion to the story. And, and in some ways I did, he finally responded and he said, I'm sorry, it's been, it's been crazy as you can imagine. Now I think like two weeks had passed and he said, to be honest, at this point, I'm glad it's over and I'm ready to just move on. And I, I can certainly understand that and I don't want to conjure up all this stuff, but I told him, know that uh, not only am I praying for your friend's family, but I pray for you. I remember you regularly and it was for that moment, and, and I want to kind of speak on grief a little bit, um, that I really felt like there's five stages of grief, you know, you've heard them, uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I feel like that first uh, kind of vulnerable state he came into me was the denial stage. It's just not real, you know. I, I, matter of fact, in, in, just in my investigation on Facebook, it looks like he was with him the night before. Um, and so the next day they woke up and they said, and somebody commented, but one of us didn't wake up this morning. So I don't know the situation, but now that he's writing to me and he's telling me, uh, at this point, I just, it's over. I feel bad for his family, but I just want to move on. That's kind of like the acceptance stage. I, I don't know if he went through all the five stages or not. I don't know if I always go through the five stages of, of grief. Um, but it, it's such a helpless feeling when you want to help somebody. You want to be there for them. And, and all I can let him know then is, the thing is, he won't give me his phone number. If he gave me his phone number, I would have called him, but he never gave me his phone number. Uh, so I'm trying to track him down still. We just came through, it, it, it just so happens, just these list, uh, last couple of weeks, came through the Queen of England passing away. And what a legacy. I don't think we'll ever see 70 years uh, of a reign like that, uh, again, in our lifetime. I really don't think I'll see that. 
Um, but you know, you, you understand, I mean, they took two weeks to mourn, two weeks. I mean, I, th I believe schools were shut down uh, and they were having just all of these processions and, and different things. Um, and, and rightfully so, to honor that kind of service to your country, absolutely. But there are people mourning. 9-11, we just came through that. And I, I, I wanna be careful how I say this, be, and, and anything that I'm saying this morning is I'm not telling us to just move on. Let it go, it's in the past, move on. Because it's so important that we never forget. We never forget. You're never gonna stop remembering your loved ones or events that happen. We, we are right to remember those things. But I feel for the families that every year their, their angst and their mourning has to all be brought to the surface again. And on 9-11, as you know, they list the names and they, they read them. And some of these kids were, were infants when their parents died. They don't even really know them. Yet they're faced with this year after year, uh, this, this grief. And, and whether or not they've moved on, and again, I'm not saying moved on as in forgot, but they, they got to a good place where they can once again talk about their family and, and, and enjoy or whatever the case is, remembering the good times. I have a, a, a friend, an old family that used to go to a church of ours. And their, their oldest son was my brother's friend in church. And we went to their house many times and did things. Well, we heard uh, it would have been 1999, I think, maybe uh, two, year 2000. Their son is now married. He has a child. He's at his in-laws Christmas Day. And for no reason, his brother-in-law comes out, shoots him six times, dead. And my thing is, Christmas is a celebration of the Lord's birth. Amen? And then we come together with family and rejoice, and now every Christmas is a reminder that that morning their son was killed. And these are things, chances are, even if you're a believer, grief is going to be a part of your experience. Many of you today may be going through something Scott and Dawn just got married last week and his mom passed away yesterday. And uh, she, she had been sick. They knew this. They prepared for it. And as much as you can prepare for it, the time comes and they are grieving today. So maybe that's you. Maybe you, you, a recent loved one have, uh, has passed away. Maybe you know of a situation that is, is coming and you're preparing yourself for it, but really you can't be prepared we grieve family members who have gone by the wayside. I, I spoke with a, a family this week. Um, I, I ran into a guy that I know well, and I, I said, hey, how's your oldest son doing? He said, I think we got a text from him a year and a half ago. He said, we have no idea where he is. He's angry with us, and there's nothing we can do about that. He's, he just harbors this anger towards us. Um, maybe it's a not-so-good medical report. We all have reason this morning to have grieved or are in the process of grieving. And, and what Joy said this morning, I'm thinking about the song we're singing, we're to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And it's not always easy. I understand that. Joy said she got up here the week after her sister passed away. And now I'm supposed to be joyful? Oh, really? <laughs> Am I? You know, but yes, we can be. And I want to kind of get to that point. I'm not trying to make this uh, a, a downward turn here. But I'm sure if we went around the room and we all had an opportunity to share this morning, we could tell of, of something that we have grieved over, mourned over. And what I can tell you is we're all subject to it. No one's immune from it. 
but we manage it in different ways. But the truth is, it has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with. Have you ever met the person that has lost somebody and has never recovered? And their family paid the price for it, their spouse paid the price for it, because they didn't know how to continue on. They, they, they just allowed it to consume them. And maybe in the five stages of grief, maybe you've experienced some of them or not all of them. Um, but what I, my, my scripture verses this morning come from the book of Lamentations. And Lamentations is exactly that. It is a book of, of Jeremiah the prophet, and he is writing his grievances to God. He's writing them and he's, he's speaking it aloud. Do you know this morning, that's where we get the word lament. And yes, I am lamenting turning 50 this week. You may have heard that before, you know. I am lamenting that my daughter in the same year is getting married. And I hope, I, I think I'm in denial about both right now, and that's okay. I hope I don't move to anger for your sake. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'll tell you this. Jeremiah, if you don't know this, was known as the weeping prophet. And I think m many of you may know me, have seen me not be able to hold it together for certain situations, and I'm, perform I'm conducting the wedding for my daughter. And to this day, I think, I'm going to be okay. And everybody keeps saying, you're doing the wedding? Yeah, I'm going to be fine. I said, watch this be the one time I don't cry, and my daughter's thinking, what in the world? You, you cry at everything, and you're not crying at my own wedding? So I don't know what I'm in for. Be there. Be there. You'll get to see it firsthand. Do you know that the word lamenting is not just a tearful, a tear running down the cheek? It is, it is uh, these are just some of the words that are associated with it. It is a loud wailing or sobbing or crying out. When my, I talked a little bit about this morning, my, when my brother left for Indonesia, I was having a hard time with that. And he's now been there for 11 years. Uh, he's currently in the United States, and, and that's good. We, we always were told we'd see him once a year, and that didn't always happen, as you can imagine. Life just goes on, and, and things get busy for everybody. But I drove him. We had to drive him up to JFK Airport, and uh, I had sunglasses on, which was good because my eyes were... I, I was trying to not lay it on any thicker that I was having a very difficult time with this. So we went up there, and there's pictures of somewhere online where my eyes are just red, and I'm smiling with my brother, but I'm a mess. So I get home, and I drop my brother off at his house, and uh, right then my sister-in-law texted. She said, we finally got through customs, and we're just waiting for the plane. And I said, all right, I love you guys, hung up. And I cried like I had never cried before. It was uncontrollable, and it came from deep within. And I don't know where this was coming from, Megan. I hope that's not your wedding day, you know. It's a joyous occasion. But I didn't know where this was coming from, but it came from a place of deep sorrow. But I can tell you this. After I cried, I felt much better, much better. Do you know they say that there are health benefits to crying? How many people cry? So I'm assuming if your hand's not up, you must not be a crier. And that's okay. We're not all criers. I get it. Some of us are extreme one way or the other. I'm probably extreme to the, the weeping father. I don't know. But um, it, it does, it, it actually, you know, now I'll tell you this. If you're the type of person to suppress it, that's not healthy either. It eats away at you, and you've, you've got to express it. Um, we, we were talking about a situation where uh, the, the wife lost her husband, 
and hasn't missed a beat. She just went right into the next thing and, and went. And pastor's concern is she's got to deal with this because she's going to be filled with resentment that she didn't or whatever. You've got to deal with it. And, and I'm not saying we need to go and ashes on our head and cloak ourselves in sackcloth, and, and, but we need to deal with it. I think you would agree with that this morning. But I believe that, as, as, as we'll see as we go through Lamentations, we'll see that many times our grieving or maybe even our anger is misdirected. And sometimes we need to look inside and know it, it, it was me. It, you know, you're going to see that Jeremiah really was putting the blame on God. And many of us may, may have done that. And that's, that's the human part of us. I want to tell you a phrase this morning. See if you know what this is. A moeirologist. A moeirologist. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? Maybe you've experienced this. These are professional mourners that will come to your funeral and cry like they've never cried before. And I've seen this. I've seen it happen. It, and it actually happens still to this day, maybe in, in many different cultures. But it says anywhere from $35 to $500, they'll come and make it look like you were the greatest person on earth. And the truth is, the reason that they do it is because it is a great sign of respect to have a lot of people at your funeral. And wow, this must have been really a great sign of respect that people would be crying over you. Um, I'm telling you, it's a sight to see because I was at a funeral. I, you know, the casket was here and I was just kind of preparing something up here. And before I could even see them, I could hear them. And they were wailing. And I was like, what is going on? And here they came, tearing at their clothes, uh, just crying out. And I was told afterwards they were professional mourners. I was like, really? I might need to, you know, let's put that in the will. You know, I, I might need a few of them at least crying over me a little bit, you know. It, it was quite a scene. And the thing is, again, it happens even in, in maybe not in our culture as much, but in, in other countries. Um, there's nothing uplifting about lamenting. When we do it, we're complaining. When I talk about turning 50, I'm complaining. How is it, Pastor Hans? I'm not, I have nothing to worry about, right? Because you're what, like 55? No. <laughs> but it is sorrow, lamenting is sorrow in its deepest form. And I don't know if you've ever been there. And I pray that you, you don't experience something so great. I've actually had dreams where I cried so hard and I woke up. I wasn't actually crying, but I was scared because I was thinking, how am I going to handle situations in life? Because I know my tendency. Again, Megan, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm still in denial. Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. He was chosen at a very difficult time to be the voice of God. And it was as uh, the invasion by the Babylonians had come and they exiled them out. And he was to be the voice of God to the nation of Judah. And... They say that he was called the weeping prophet because his, his, his message was gloomy in nature. And plus he cried and expressed his concern over the people. And throughout the book of Jeremiah, he warned them that their sin is going to drag them down. That they need to return to God and, and to repent. But he 
led of the Holy Spirit and by God was giving them hard messages, hard messages to hear, and they wouldn't listen. It says that he was beaten. He was left for dead in a cistern that they threw him in and just covered it up and just wanted him gone. And all he was wanting to do was be the voice of the Lord. In Lamentations 1, he's lamenting the disgrace that this beautiful city has become, Jerusalem. And I don't know if I have it. Uh, Lamentations 1.4, is that up there? Yeah. The roads to Jerusalem are in mourning. For crowds no longer come to celebrate the festivals. The city gates are silent. Her priests groan. Her young women are crying. How bitter is her fate. Remember, lamenting is sorrow at its greatest form. There's nothing good about lamenting, or that sounds good about lamenting. In Lamentations 2, he's now lamin uh, laminating, lamenting Jerusalem, the destruction of the city. He says, The Lord in his anger has cast a dark shadow over beautiful Jerusalem. The, the fairest of Israel's cities lies in dust, thrown down from the heights of heaven. In his day of great anger, the Lord has shown no mercy even to his temple. And without mercy, the Lord has destroyed every home in Israel. In his anger, he has broke down, broken down the fortress walls of beautiful Jerusalem. He has brought them to the ground, dishonoring the kingdom and its rulers. Then we come to our, our text today is from Lamentations 3. This is now Jeremiah personally. He's had it. He's had all he can see from God, and he doesn't, he doesn't mind now sharing it. He has invested 40 years of his life into this prophet position that he has been the voice of, the, of God. He has sacrificed. He had no wife, no family to speak of. He sacrificed everything in order to do this. I was saying this, and I've said this recently. A lot of times you see these churches and people are claiming to be prophets and prophetesses. It wasn't a desirable position to be in. I don't know that I'd be claiming that today. It, it, it takes a special kind of person, and again, you're facing all kinds of stuff. He was fed up. His anger and his sadness went right towards God. His blame went towards God, when really, it was the sin of the nation of Judah that was bringing this upon them. But like anybody else, they, they were a stubborn people. They rejected the things of God, and maybe you've misdirected your anger at God. I know none of us would do that here today. It's all those people that aren't here today. They usually do that kind of stuff. Um, but really, when we, again, when we look at it, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. It is our actions that have brought about the circumstances in life. And sometimes we think, well, now we want the quick bailout, but it's taken so much to get to that point. And yes, God forgives, and yes, he pours grace, but sometimes we have to live with the consequences of some bad decisions. Amen. I know, Lamentations. Let's just read it and get it over with here. Jeremiah is now in full-on self-pity mode. And I want to read 20 verses of Lamentations 3. He says, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. He has led me into darkness, shutting out all light. He has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He has buried me in a dark place like, like those long dead. He has walled me in and I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. And though I cry and shout, he has shut out my prayers. He has blocked my way with a high stone wall. He has made my road crooked. He has hidden me like a bear or a lion awaiting, or he has hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. 
He has dragged me off the path and torn me in pieces, leaving me helpless and devastated. He has drawn his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He shot his arrows deep into my heart. My own people laugh at me. All day long they sing their mocking songs. He has filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. He has made me chew on gravel. He, he made me roll in dust. Peace has been stripped away and I've forgotten what prosperity is. I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I hope for from the Lord is lost. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. I almost want to read that as Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh because there is just no hope there. there is, he is speaking of hopelessness. And obviously, I mean, we can look at that and think, oh, Jeremiah, you know, he's blaming the Lord. Yeah, ask yourself, have you ever, can you understand it? I mean, have you, have you gone through your life? You've served the Lord. And yet, Lord, why? Why? After being faithful, after living and, and doing the things, why am I now facing this? They rejected him. Really, they were rejecting God. It says they laughed at him. They sang songs about him. Imagine having somebody sing songs about your sorrow that you're going through today. That wouldn't be very... I, I do that to my kids quite often. I've actually written a couple of songs based around... My, my father used to sing to my sister, I love children when they pout. And it just made her all the more, you know, dig in even more angry. Um, but Jeremiah was going through it. And again, he could be saying, really? Like, God, I'm, I've given 40 years... 40 years and I've been your voice and now they want to kill me. They want to throw me in the, in the pit. They want to sing songs about me and say these things. Uh, something Joy touched on this morning that has always struck me is, have you ever been angry for somebody else's benefit? And then you realize they're not angry? And then you get angry because they're not angry? Because they don't, you sit there and say, well, if it were me, I would do this. Or if that were me, I would act like this. And then I'm shocked to find out you're not, you're not, I, I mean, I don't ask them that, but it's apparent that they're not in the way they conduct themselves, in the way they talk, in the way they give God glory rather than focus on the problem. And that's what God can do for us this morning. Nebuchadnezzar had taken over Babylon and I, I want to read some of these dates because they break it down very specifically. You know that Daniel and his friends and all the other Jews were deported to Babylon. But it says the army returned in March of 597 BC and they looted Jerusalem and took all of the people out. The actual siege of Jerusalem began on January 15th, 588 BC. And on July 18th, 586, the walls were breached. And on August 14th, the city was set ablaze. And I tell you those dates to tell you today that on the Jewish calendar, Usually, I looked this up today, it is called Tish, Tisha B'Av. It is known as the saddest day on the Jewish calendar. And what they do is they preempt this day with a three-week period of mourning where they don't, they, they don't bathe, they fast, they don't go to work. And when they come together on this particular day, they read the lamentations of Jeremiah about the destruction of Jerusalem and, and again, it's this type of thing where every year they remember all of this grief. And it's, for us this morning, it's no way to live. Again, I don't want to sound wrong. I, I see all the time people saying happy heavenly birthday to this person or that person. We, we're not going to forget them. 
But it's the state of sadness that, that we need to overcome uh, because we all have mourned, we all grieve, we all lament, faced many difficulties, suffered loss, and on and on. Listen to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 42. He said, day and night, I only have tears for food. While my enemies continually taught me, saying, where is this God of yours? And I want to ask you, have you been there? Are you there now? Are you in a state of sadness? And, and that is your experience. And your question is not what they're saying, where is your God? But you're saying, God, where are you? I need you. I need you. I can tell you this. Maybe you're at your wit's end. And from Lamentations chapter 1, verse 1, to what we read up to Lamentations 3.20, it is utter hopelessness. It's destruction. It's, dis it's, it's burning of the city. It's sadness. It's anger. It's all of those things. And after all of the complaining, and in spite of all he has endured, I came across this verse. I mean, you don't read Lamentations to be uplifted, obviously. But I came across a portion of Scripture that I believe is one of the most beautiful verses, collection of verses that I have come across. And knowing all that they were going through and what Jeremiah had experienced, here's what he said in verses 21 through 24. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. That is, our de that is my desire, and I pray for you. Obviously, you know that's where the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, has come from. And though there is a time to mourn, there is a time, mourn there is a time to rise above and once again live in the faithfulness of the Lord. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And if I could have entitled this, I did entitle this on my paper here. It's from morning, M-O-U-R-N, to morning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that on top of my head here. Um, we're going from our mourning, our desperation, our sadness, our lamenting, to the morning where we're reading here that there's joy to be found. There's dancing, there's praises, there's mercy that begins fresh again every morning. So, uh, the psalmist continued in Psalm 30. He says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. You know, Jesus is talking to his disciples in, in Matthew and he says to them, who, who are they saying the Son of Man is? You know this, these verses. And Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah, the prophet. And you know, there are very much similarities. We heard a little bit this morning in our life group of similarities between Noah, what Noah experienced, and what Christ has become for us. But Jeremiah and Jesus uh, had a very similar experience in that they both taught that God would punish sin. That was, that was their purpose when they came. Was to, but obviously, that there's a way out. There's a way out of it. They both wept over their cities and, and, and experienced, that would experience destruction. They were hated without cause. 
They were laughed at and mocked and ridiculed. They both were considered miserable failures. And ultimately, Jesus was crucified for it. And we, we know that Jeremiah was many times threatened with death. But their messages were rejected. And I know that Pastor just read from these verses not that long ago. And this is, you know, if, if my other verses that I read from Lamentations were beautiful to me, I've said this is like the greatest mic drop moment that Jesus ever had if there was one. And he read from, they gave him the scroll and he stood up and he read from uh, Isaiah 61. And then he says he rolled the, the scroll up, gave it back and sat down. And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. He read these verses. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against the, their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair, in their righteousness, they will uh, be like great oaks and that the Lord has planted for his own glory. I want to ask you today, what is grieving you? What is weighing so heavy on your heart that it is, it is sapping you? It is, it is pulling away from time with your family, proper time, where you, can, where you can be an uplifting person in your house and you are just always downcast. I always remember families growing up where it was like one spouse or the other was just always depressed. And I understand that depression is a, is, is a thing, <clears throat> a very real thing. But I often look at people that have hope. They, they know the Lord. They can, they can rely on all of these verses, yet they're heavy with sorrow. Psalm 68, 19 says, Praise be to the Lord, to the God, of our, uh, the God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. What it is you're facing today, I don't know. It may only be between you and God, but I'm telling you today, you can give it to him. You can give it to him. God has big shoulders and he can take Jeremiah's words and he can take your anger. You know, you, you can vent to God. You can explain all of this stuff to him. But you need to remind yourself of Isaiah 61 that he was sent to comfort your broken heart. He was sent to comfort you in your time of mourning. So I don't know where that puts you today, but I want to encourage you to allow Jesus the opportunity, the opportunity to turn that lamenting and that mourning into joy once again, because he can do it. I promise you, he can do it. My last verse this morning is 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. It says, so be truly glad. This is wonderful joy. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed in the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of of your souls. Many times it is an inexpressible joy that God puts in your heart. And if you have ever experienced that, 
it far outweighs the sorrow that you had. If you've ever experienced uh, a, a joyous time, I, I've told this story maybe many times and bears repeating. I was coming home from work. I honestly can't say that I was necessarily, I was talking to the Lord probably. I don't know if I had music on. And I began to sense, just me and my pickup truck, an overwhelming sense of joy. And I started to laugh. And I could not stop laughing. And the more I thought about the joy of the Lord, it was as much as I told you I cried in sorrow, this was laughter like, I don't laugh like that. I mean, I'm, I laugh, but this was like, and I'm coming up on the toll booth at the Delaware Bridge. And I'm laughing and I can't contain it. And that lady, I rolled my window down and she said, $2. That tells you how long ago this was. The bridge was $2. $2. I said, Jesus loves you. She said, $2. <laughs> hey, I get it. But hey, she's going to hear it in that moment. I don't know what that was. I know what it was. I just don't know why at that particular time, God chose to overwhelm me. And I pray for you today. This quote I came across, I don't even know where I came across. Look at yourself and you'll be depressed. Look at your circumstances and you'll be distressed. Look at the Lord and you'll be blessed. We can choose to focus on those problems. We can choose the joy of the Lord. And I know which way I want to choose today. We sang it. We used to sing an old song. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we don't carry it to the Lord in prayer. Praise God. Today we are, uh, as I close and, and pray, Pastor Hans is going to come and uh, serve communion today. I want to encourage you today. I can't pretend to think that none, none of us here are going through something. I understand that we are. And I may not understand fully the weight of what's going on in your life, but God does. And he can be there for you if you will allow him. Allow him to lift your, lift your countenance. And there's no need to walk around in sorrow. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes maybe we feel like we're giving up or we're, we're letting that person go if we kind of get back to life as normal. But no, that's not the case. We can walk in victory today. We can have joy in our lives, still remembering the wonderful memories of maybe somebody we lost. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I know Scott... You know, he was already prepared for the moment, and they already know they're satisfied. They know she's with Jesus today. So what greater joy? We're sad, but she's not sad today. So praise God. Let's pray today. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are the only one. Lord, I can't change somebody's sorrow into joy. I can encourage them with the word of the Lord and, and scripture verses and just my my love for them, God, but Lord, you can make the difference today. And I want to pray for those today, Lord God, that maybe, maybe are, are really going through something hurtful. It doesn't have to be loss of somebody. It can just be a hurtful situation. As I'm praying this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you would just lift your hand, I just want to pray with you. I'm not calling you forward this morning, but I just want to know if you're going through something deep and you need the Lord today to intervene, would you just slip up your hand? I see those hands. Praise the Yes. I see them. Many hands this morning. Many hands. So, Father, I'm asking you for these hands, Lord, for any of us. Lord, you already know the situation. 
Lord, I pray that we are already doing our due diligence by going to you, by going to you in prayer, Lord, and asking you, Lord God, to intervene in a great and powerful way. Thank you that through your blood and your, through your body, Lord, that you, you came to bear our burdens. You became sorrow, Lord God. You were a man of sorrows. Lord, and I pray, Lord, for those that are going through difficulty today, Lord, that you would once again give them brand new mercy, fresh, Lord God, today, Lord, even for this time to sustain them. Maybe only till tomorrow, Lord, you've promised that it's going to be brand new again. Lord, and I pray that we would begin to see what we call the light of the, at the end of the tunnel, Lord. We would begin to see the way through that you were providing. But Lord, help us. We don't want to walk around discouraged. We want to be encouraged, Lord. Help us. Do it, Lord God. We know that you can do it today. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Hans is coming. This is always scary to do, but maybe we could sing that song. Would you sing it with me? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Amen. 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 As we look into uh, the Word of God today, and Pastor Brennan, thank you for speaking on that. That's a, a challenging topic, but so needed, even as the response was, uh, many hands were raised up and said, I'm walking through something challenging. So we appreciate that today. I appreciate God's word in that. And Jesus, while they were eating in Matthew chapter 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. And one of the things we remember about Jesus is you can take these elements in your hand is that his body was literally broken for us, um, broken, just, just torn apart for you and I, so that we could have hope. So as uh, Paul says to the Thessalonian church, we don't have to mourn and grieve like those who have no hope. He allowed himself to be broken so that we could have hope. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Let's take that element in our hands today. Lord, we thank you for your body broken for us, and I pray that you would just speak uh, powerfully to each person here, maybe those that really are uh, grieving over the loss of a person, uh, grieving over the loss of a relationship or a loss of a friendship or maybe the, the loss of a, of a career or some type of a change or they're grieving the loss of, of health. Lord, whatever it might be, would you be there everything today? And would we remember that your body was broken for us so that we could have hope? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together.
And then he took the cup, verse 27. He gave thanks. He offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you the truth. I will not drink the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So we take that cup in our hand today and we say, Lord, thank you for your blood that was shed. Thank you for that there is power, life-changing, history-transforming power in your blood. And Lord, we receive it today, knowing that, uh, God, there's going to be a day we're going to be able to receive together. We're going we're to celebrate with you in person. And there's no one more excited about that day than you are. And so we celebrate today, remembering you, remembering your sacrifice, your blood shed for us. In Jesus' name, we receive together. Amen. Could you stand to your feet this morning? Father in heaven, we are grateful. We're grateful for being able to see each other today. We're grateful for being able to sing about your goodness. We're grateful to be able to give and worship you in that way. We're grateful for being able to hear your word and and let it find a place in our hearts that would grow and flourish. Lord, we're grateful for being able to celebrate and remember and honor you in your death and your resurrection. And I pray that this week, God, uh, I pray that not only would we find everything we need in you as we're maybe some here are dealing with grief in some form or fashion, or they're they're just dealing with some difficulty in some form or fashion, but help us, Lord, whether we're a student in middle school or high school, or whether we're uh, just in the middle of life, or Lord, we're we're seniors here today, God, I pray that you, you would use us this week to bring comfort, to bring hope to someone's life that we work with, that we are related to, we live next door to, or we happen to bump into accidentally. God, help us this week to bring you wherever we go. And Lord, we thank you for this day. We honor you in it. In Jesus' strong name, amen, amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a great day.